This podcast is for educational purposes only. The content of this podcast should not be used to diagnose, treat or cure any medical condition. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. If you or any other person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical treatment. Welcome to the Healthy Habit Hot Seat, where we chat to extraordinary humans and world-leading health experts to dive deep into the intricacies of the daily healthy habits that have shaped their success. Remember, success leaves clues, right? I'm your host and resident healthy habit coach, Loz Antonenko, and I cannot wait to help you re-energize your life so you too can create opportunity, vitality, and abundance to become the master of your own incredible healthy destiny. Now, let's get into today's conversation. So guys, welcome to the Healthy Habit Hot Seat. I'm super stoked to chat to you, both Dr. Shehab Faragala and Dr. Ibrahim Ildeeb. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat, guys, and welcome. Thanks, Loz. Thank you, Loz. So to start things off, I want you to both imagine that we're waiting in line at a conference and we've only got about 30 seconds before we have to part ways and go back to our seats. If you had an important message for our listeners about who it is that you are and what it is that you guys do, what would that be in 30 seconds? Okay, well, we are founders of MySpot's Tongue Elevation Trainers and the message is that we're trying to get as many people to start breathing properly through their nose and position their tongue. There's a huge problem out there that we see every day and we want to try and solve that problem. That's what we mean. Ibrahim are about. And that's something you're obviously very passionate about. Yes, absolutely. It's been something we've been working on for the past couple of years and very passionate because it's a huge problem and I see it every day in the clinic and it's something that we, we feel like we're trying to create a small solution to a very big problem. Amazing, guys. And audience that are listening, just for your reference, um, I'm going on my own journey, getting some jaw work done for jaw expansion and some tongue tie work. And I actually came across this product, Myospots, a little while ago on my travels, and it is revolutionary. And these guys are going to go into that a little bit later on. But Shehab, you love indoor soccer, mate. You love Brazilian <sighs> jiu-jitsu and you love spending time with your kids. What would be your top tip for sustaining energy? I think have a balanced life. That's the biggest thing from my point of view. I don't work seven days a week. I try to keep work and play and rest and spiritual life all in balance. Spending time with the kids, making sure I do exercise, making sure I work a little bit, making sure... I have time to myself, time to read, and time with my wife and family. So just balancing, that's the most difficult thing. So that's my advice. That's a great tip. And I think segregating things into different pockets so that everything gets our own attention when it requires it. So when we're with our family, we are 110% mm. with our family. I love that. Thank you. So, Ibrahim, you've published over 30 research papers, mate. That is a <laughs> solid effort. And that obviously takes a lot of self-discipline to do something like that when it comes to, you know, writing things and researching. So what would be your top tip to ensure self-discipline for anyone who's about to embark on some sort of writing 
journey, whether it's a thesis, a book, what would be your tip? Yeah, I think if we are looking for a magic advice, it's persistence and patience. Because honestly, this is this is the key. I can say this with confidence that it works for every discipline. Life in research is not easy, as you can imagine. I spent almost 20 years of my life, my career, most of the time inside the lab, which might not be... Uh, pretty exciting to some people sometimes it's <laughs> it's frustrating especially when you when you try hard to achieve something and it's not working and you need to figure out what's going on so uh, yeah you need to have passion about what you do and you need to be patient and i think this is the key thing if you compare in any field uh, who are the most successful people be smartest or what you can say the strongest or the most brilliant but they are definitely uh, among the most pa passionate and persistent people because they they don't give up they keep trying and they keep working and this would be my advice so love what you do guys love what you do because that is the most important thing with anything really even if it's not writing thanks for the tip guys I would love to know, because you guys are so both heavily invested in the importance of holistic health and assisting people with improving their sleep, physical activity and overall health, for somebody who's looking to improve their vitality by looking at tongue elevation and nasal breathing, what's the first thing you suggest that they actually do? So if you're looking at tongue elevation, the, the absolute first thing is to practice tongue elevation because when you start raising your tongue and, and it's really important that you understand how the tongue is elevated. You don't want to just elevate it between the teeth. It's got to be just behind those front teeth, the whole tongue that elevates to the roof of the mouth. And once you start doing that, then immediately you should find that you your lips come together. And when your lips come together, you'll start nasal breathing for some people, it's very difficult because they've been mouth breathing, like what you were talking about yourself before. So for them, it's very difficult to start transitioning. But once you start doing it and slowly that difficulty becomes easier and your tongue starts elevating habitually, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, that's one of the reasons we, we decided to make my spots because you often forget to do it and reminding yourself to do it is difficult. But if you just start... One step at a time, whenever you think about where your tongue is, just raise it through your mouth. That would be the first place to begin with, I think. And Ibrahim, do you have something to add there? Not really. Uh, Shihab probably spent most of his career in, in this area of, of helping people actually to breathe properly and uh, increasing the awareness of importance of nasal breathing. I know Shihab for a long time, but we started to work together on my spots like two years ago. And before that time, just like most of the people, I didn't really realize the importance of nasal breathing and okay, people breathe through their mouth, what's the big deal? Uh, I didn't actually get the, the importance of this, but yeah, you can see now how, how big the, the, the awareness of people about healthy diet, for example. So you need to be very cautious of what you eat and what you drink. Okay, this is, this is really, very important, but it's actually equally important, probably more important how you breathe. And just not realizing the importance of this makes the, the problem worse because people have a lot of issues and they don't actually make the link and realize that this is all because of breathing. So uh, the awareness comes, I think, before, even before uh, 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 training people how to breathe properly. They need to know first that there is a problem when you breathe through your mouth. 
and you need to breathe breathe properly through your nose. Yeah, and for somebody that's been a, a mouth breather pretty much my entire life and, and not realizing that your tongue is actually designed to rest at the top of your mouth, I had no idea about oral posture. I didn't know about any of that stuff. I didn't understand about dysfunctional breathing. So for somebody like me who has a tongue tie, for example, who really would be challenged with a high palate to even put my tongue at the roof of my mouth, how do you suggest integrating tongue exercises into somebody's daily practice? Uh, So in your situation, having a tongue tie, so I, I can relate it back to patients in the clinic. So with children, it doesn't matter if they've got tongue ties, if they've got a high palatal vault, if they've got really narrow mouths, the fir- very first thing I get them to do is try my spot because once it goes in their mouth and their tongue elevates, then even if it doesn't fit properly, I mean, it's uncomfortable because their mouths are so small, but even if it doesn't fit properly, what happens is that the muscles begin to, to strengthen. And as that happens, you start getting a neuromuscular connection with your mind. And when that happens, then it becomes, after a while, become habitual. So even if you've got, say, for instance, you've got like yourself a tongue tie and your tongue literally can't go up to the roof of your mouth. Well, even with a tongue tie, if your lips are together, you can get close to the roof of your mouth even if it's just part of the tongue to the roof of your mouth. Most people can do that. It's only when you open up wide that you're like, oh, my God, that's a long way. I can't get up to the top there. But the idea is that, once it's up there, your lips come together, you shorten that distance between the palate and your tongue. Now, you get in a clinic who literally have never done it before. So the tongue is like a floppy piece of flesh that sort of doesn't know where to go. It doesn't have a home. And when you first get them to do that, they start getting aches and pains because the muscles have never worked before. So that's what, that was you. <laughs> so that, that's, that's what happens. But the very first thing is to see if they can get their tongue up there. Sometimes you get some people with, um, you know, problems with their nose. They'll have obstructions. And if there is an obstruction, you had that as well. And yeah, so, I've had two septoplasties. Uh, so, so you've been through everything. So yeah. in, in some situations, what I tend to do is I get them to do the water test. So they put a little bit of water in their mouth um, and they and in order for you to hold that water, you've got to close your mouth. And it forces you to nasal breathe. And I'll see if they can do that for two to three minutes. And if they can breathe through their nose for two to three minutes, then the chances are that they can nasal breathe. And if they can nasal breathe, it means that we can get their lips together and their tongue up to the roof of their mouth. And that's a start. Now, like you said, it's going to be a struggle for so many people because their maxilla is so narrow. (laughs) But you have to start somewhere. And you start with a narrow mouth. And then you can go, you know, in some situations that maxilla widens, especially in children and even in adults, you get start to get some shifting in the maxilla. And sometimes you need a bit of help. Like, for example, like what you're doing, you're getting some expansion and things like that. And so that's what I'd start. I'd start to see if, if they can breathe through their nose. If they can do that, then I should be able to elevate their tongue, even with a restriction. And then after that, so the idea is that if you've got a tongue that's restricted, you want to train that tongue before they get the tongue tie release because the, one of the problems is that you can get reattachment of the tongue tie after the operation. I mean, there's some great surgeons out there that do sutures and things like that to prevent it from reattaching, but you want to get that tongue as strong as possible before you get the tongue tie release so that all the tissues are nice and stretched and it's ready to start going up. Yeah, Wow. 
optimize your hormones with Bee Spunky and Bee Genki supplements. Choose between Reboot for Men and Balance for Women, or Try Recover to improve your recovery from daily stress and exercise. These all-natural and organic, Australian-made nutraceuticals are designed to offer stress relief, improve strength and stamina, enhance drive and overall well-being. Their formulas contain a unique blend of natural and organic herbs and active ingredients. The highest performance leaders and trainers are already taking these amazing TGA-listed supplements, so wait no more. Visit bespunky.com.au or begenki.com.au and use code LOSLIFE to get a 10% discount. So there's a lot involved, guys, but the reality is that your mouth is like the gateway to your entire digestive system. And what Mm. I'm learning in my experience is that people with chronic autoimmune conditions and inflammatory stuff going on, a lot of the time their breathing is dysfunctional. So if there's ways to increase the function of your breathing and, and even create relaxation and that sense of, of calm in your nervous system, just by having the tongue at the roof of your mouth. Like for me, my tongue was, it didn't have a home. It was darting around all the time. I was always on edge. Like I think about my, my sympathetic and my parasympathetic nervous system constantly being like in battle with each other. And of course I would end up with an inflammatory autoimmune condition that plagues me for eternity. Like until that gets fixed to me, like there are so many people out there who, um, suffer from chronic health conditions of an inflammatory nature who literally have no idea about anything you've just spoken about. And this already is now new information and you don't know what you don't know. This could be the one thing that actually changes the trajectory of your future health and vitality. And I know just doing the tongue exercises as much resistance as my body gave it, I was getting aches and pains and headaches. If I suck my tongue to the roof of my mouth now, it actually releases all of my neck. Mm. all of the fascia now that sits beneath all of that, where it all attaches in, I love doing it. It's super weird. And I walk around on a walk. I have this trigger. Every time I take my dog for a walk, I do tongue exercises. I walk my dog like at least twice a day and I'm doing (laughs) things and people must look at me going, is she crazy? What's this, what's this woman doing? Um, but you know, that's my trigger and that, that way I ensure it gets done all the time. But thank you so much for your advice guys. You know, that, that is fascinating stuff and, and guys listening, um, take note of all of that. If you're somebody that has a lot of health problems, maybe you should look at your mouth and your breathing. Now for both of you, I'd love to know what has been a recent personal professional highlight for you over the past 12 months. Um, Ibrahim, we might actually start with you, mate. Yeah. Aside from my spots, uh, because actually, uh, as you may know, I'm, uh, I'm a research scientist at Griffith Uni and I work um, on a big project that targets treatment or another nasty virus, <laughs> a respiratory virus as well, um, that has been there for, for ages. And it's a very common virus. It infects everyone in, in some stage of their life more than once, especially children. And it's a very dangerous virus for people with um, suppressed immunity, such as people with autoimmune diseases or those undergoing organ transplantation. It can, it can actually result in, in mortality. So we... In Griffith Uni, we are actually the only team who is actually uh, actively working on, on discovery of treatments for this virus. And about a year ago, we successfully signed a collaboration deal with industry partner 
to uh, bring developments of this uh, uh, treatment uh, to clinical trials. And hopefully, probably in a year time, we will have a candidate going to cl clinical trials to uh, get first treatment for this virus. That's so exciting. Wow, what a highlight. How did, <laughs> I don't even know how to top that now. So, Impossible. <laughs> yeah, can you can you top that one, mate? No, no. <laughs> should I give a pass on that one? <laughs> <laughs> but minor uh, spots for you guys. I mean, that's that's been a, a work in progress. Yeah, definitely a work in pro progress. And it's uh, it's definitely changed the way I practice dentistry as well. So uh, with respect to how I practice dentistry in, in the clinic, well, now most of my patients are my functional therapy patients. And it's really cool because I get to trial different protocols that me and Ibrahim, uh, you know, we're working on together, you know, breathing assessment protocols, because obviously it's something that hasn't been, you know, well, it's new. And yeah. being so innovative, we get to work out what the protocols are. And so we get to try, try different things. And in the end, I think it's really good. It's cool because now we're slowly customizing different methods and different protocols so that we are able to treat children and adults. So that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, to be on that, that cusp of something groundbreaking for people and to have that sort of level of change, um, that's exciting for sure. And both of you, I mean, that was, that was, that was a great one, mate. So you're both pretty much on par with your, <laughs> with your highlights over the last 12 months. So for, for both of you, obviously you work quite closely together, but who are the types of people that you surround yourselves with in your support network and, and your closest circle of influence? Myself. So I, I have a lot of clinical mentors that I always have around and, and I'm really lucky because where I work at Gold Coast Holistic Dental, we've got some top-notch practitioners there and they have been in the industry for a very long time. And so I surround with myself with them. I also have a group of business associates that I'm always you know, seeking advice from them, understanding about, you know, things like social media, understanding things about, you know, entrepreneurship, things that I have to learn because, you know, I have been in and out of business a little bit, but not to the extent that we'd like to. And there's a lot of unknowns. So that's the professional network. In terms of friends, well, they're the same friends that I've had for a very long time and I won't exchange them. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Ibrahim, what about you, mate? Like, who are, are you surrounding? Are you surrounding yourself with a similar bunch of people? Um, yeah, honestly, again, because very much being affected by what we are doing in our life. So, uh, on the research side, in the lab side, in my work in Griffith, the group of people I'm surrounding myself with is, is actually my colleagues in research in different areas and different disciplines. Uh, in a time when we we used to travel and attend conferences before COVID. <laughs> it was it was a great chance to meet people from different countries, from different universities, and we do really miss this right now. But uh, a very good thing also about our work now with MySpots is that it it uh, opens new doors for us every day, and we get to know new people um, all over the world, uh, clinicians, uh, practitioners, uh, researchers. You you can see actually how much interest. Even actually uh, uh, some patients who, who have the passion 
after the EU's mind spots to actually spread the, the, the word and increase the awareness of importance of breathing and tongue exercise. So I'm, I'm very glad with what we are seeing because on personal relations level also, this is this is actually a, a big game. Yeah, and you'd, you'd attract some awesome people like into your circles. I can imagine just the, the fans that you would create from having such a transformational impact on their lives. I mean, you would, you would become friends with those people. <laughs> They'll be there spreading the word for you. And Hey, say safe on marketing too, right? When you've got a crew of raving fans. <laughs> that makes a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, honestly, actually you, you, you feel the value of what you do when you see that actually people are thankful that they had a change in their life and their health because of you. And yeah, we, we, we are very fortunate actually that, uh, we could do this. Yeah, man. To totally understand exactly where you're coming from. To wrap up this conversation, guys, there's no doubt that you've both created quite extraordinary lives. It's a pretty big question, but what would be your top three tips to living a fulfilling and purposeful life? Who wants to go first for that one? <laughs> <laughs> it is a big question, right? Uh, well, well, from my, from my point of view, um, I, like I mentioned at the start, I have a balanced life. That's probably number one. And I'll probably cheat a little bit and use what you said early on just to recap and just to be present for each one of those facets of life because you don't want to be doing one thing and thinking about something else all the time. If I'm with my daughter, I need to be present with her. If I'm with, you know, friends, I should be present with them. And I think the last thing I always say is to have some kind of spirituality in your life. I believe in that very strongly, just from, from, you know, cultural and religious backgrounds. I think that's very important. So that would be my, my three tips. I'll probably steal two out of your three. <laughs> <laughs> so I think balance is, is, is a key thing, as you have mentioned. And as, as you said, it's, it's very important and uh, it's, it's a key for success because if you start to lose this balance, it doesn't matter how much you try hard to succeed in some because you will know that you are actually missing some other important things. The, the second point, I'll, I'll bring back my earlier advice about being passionate and about what you do. You need to love what you do to, to, to succeed in, the, in doing it. And uh, I'll steal the, the third, the third <laughs> point from Shihab about having yeah, a spiritual life. And again, it's a balance between uh, what you do uh, to, to satisfy yourself and be there for your family and the ones you care about and also to, to feed the, the spiritual part uh, in your soul. And I love that you both shared that um, as a point because it's it's quite a poignant topic. I, I have this conversation with a lot of fascinating people from all around the world who are high achievers or people that have, you know, been successful on their own path, whatever that looks like for them. And so many people, so many of my guests always at this question, they always say, it's believing in something bigger than yourself and connecting with something that's bigger than you. And that, that spirituality, it's religion, it's, it's meditation, whatever that is for you. Super important. I've noticed that is a, that is a particular habit of people that live successful and fulfilling lives. So thank you so much for sharing guys. Absolutely had a ball chatting to you and I'm looking forward to our next conversation where we get to dive deeper into the daily intricacies of your lives because success leaves clues. Thanks for hanging out and shout for now. Thank you, Lars. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Healthy Habit Hot Seat. Make sure to visit loslife.com 
where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd be stoked with a five-star rating on iTunes. Better still, tell a friend and share the love. If you loved this episode, you might want to check out my book, The Healthy Habit Handbook, available in soft cover, ebook, and audio form on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, Apple Music, Audible, and all good book retailers. Be sure to tune in for our next episode for your fortnightly dose of inspiration from some of the world's most successful and healthy lifestyle masters. Remember, stay inspired. I'm Los Antonenko and ciao for now.